Turn your Bibles, if you will, to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read the first four verses here. We're going to be talking about this month what radical relationship with the Lord looks like. And if you go to Abraham and his family, you see radical relationships. And, and uh, it's the story, it's the beginning of the story of the Jewish people and uh, a nation set aside for God's use. And uh, it started with a, with a radical relationship that Abraham had with God. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. So let's stand in honor of God's word. First four verses of chapter 12. Let's read this together. This is my Bible, the living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth. It never changes and can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. The Lord said to Abraham, well, it's Abram right here, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God must think a whole lot of Abram. He must have something in him that uh, makes him think that uh, he's really got something to do here. And so the fourth verse says, so Abram left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haram. And that's, that's where I want to stop. Let's pray. Father, help us to know that no matter where we are in life, what stage of life we're in, whether we're young or old or in the middle or wherever we are, that you still seek to have a relationship with us. You still seek to bless people through us. You still seek to accomplish your work of making disciples throughout the world through each of us. And that is a radical relationship with you. And so, Father, today... We just need your word to speak to us and have its way. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you today, do you still believe that Jesus seeks and that God seeks to have radical relationships with people? Or do you think it was just something that he saved for a few old guys in the Old Testament and for a few people in the New Testament, but once he got done with that, he's pretty much just going to coast for the rest of eternity. I don't think so. I think he still seeks to have radical relationships with everybody who will have one with him. I think that God wants to have a real radical relationship with everyone here today. Not just a moment of high emotion, a time where you feel like that you've felt the spirit and you have a kind of an uptick in your life, but God seeks to have a real relationship that walks out the door with you today, that stays with you 
tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, that is with you at work, that is with you at home in your marriage, that is with you at school. I think that God seeks to have a radical relationship. But I think we settle for random. As I was studying this week, I I knew that I wanted to use the word radical and I wanted to find a opposite of that word. And so I got on my phone, and I'm not a big smartphone user, but uh, I have come to enjoy the smartphone. It's not as bad as I thought it was. But you can ask that little computer machine about anything, and it'll give you an answer. And so I said, I want an adjective that begins with the letter R, because I wanted it to go with radical. You know what I mean? Because I was thinking that way. And I got this whole list and I saw a random on there and you touch it and it gave you the definition and I'm, I, love, I love my phone because now I can say what is the definition of this and I goes right to the Merriam-Webster dictionary and it tells me what it is so this is what radical is radical is a very new and different from what, it, what the tradition or the ordinary is it means it's always changing it's always at the, at the, at the like pushing the envelope and it's always fresh and new And then random, according to the Webster Dictionary, is lacking a definite plan, a definite purpose, or a definite pattern. Runs by chance rather than plan or purpose. We, God seeks radical, but we live random. And I want to talk to you about that this morning. This is this is the beginning of the story of the radical relationship that Jesus had with the, with the children of Israel and with the Jewish people. And if I ask you to s- describe your relationship with God, would radical be a word that you would use? Or would it be described more as a, a random relationship? We saw last week as we talked about Jesus, uh, Jesus who walks into town, who, who comes in on Sunday before uh, Resurrection Sunday and literally walks up onto the cross. He gives himself, he lays his life down. That is a radical Savior, a radical God. And, and he seeks to have this radical relationship. He gives his life for sinners. That's radical. He lays his life down. He pays the sin debt for their life. Even while they're still sinning, he dies for them. What kind of a guy does that? That's a radical God. He pays the sin debt before we want anything to do with him. We serve a God who does radical things in order to have a relationship with us. Is your relationship radical or random? The very thought that God would have anything to do with us is radical. Why would he want anything to do with us? Who are we that he would have anything for us? But God has created everything and and he says, I want you. He says that before the foundations of the earth, I was thinking of you and I had a purpose for you and I created you for a purpose and I seek to have this relationship with you. Do you know how important it is to have a relationship with Jesus? How, how awesome it is that we can have a real relationship with someone who is as awesome and powerful as God is. 
We live in a world where if you're friends with somebody, it can make or break you. It can literally rise you up to stardom, even if you have no uh, skills whatsoever. If you just know the right people, you can be brought up into uh, a high place. I was thinking about uh, a few years ago, uh, Oprah Winfrey, she used to have her own show, and now she owns, I think, half the world, things like that. And... uh, she has a friend named Gail, who I have never seen do anything spectacular, but she has her own show on television. Do you know why? Because she's friends with Oprah Winfrey. And we, have, we live in a world where friendships matter, and, and God says, and comes to us, and I mean, and we're like, We're like the people that have nothing to offer, and God says, I want to be your friend. He comes to Abraham, who is in the middle of the desert, who is a sheep farmer. You get this? He's a shepherd in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing there. And he comes and speaks to this guy thousands of years ago and says, I'm going to make a nation out of you. Can you imagine someone coming to you and say, I'm going to make a nation out of you? out of you, I would be like, how in the world would that happen? And yet we serve a God who is so radical and so awesome that he can take a sheep farmer in the middle of nowhere and literally raise up a nation who you can't listen to the news for a full cycle and not hear something about the family that came out of Abraham. That's how awesome he is. That's how powerful he is. That's how uh, extremely wonderful God is. And God says, I seek to have the same relationship. I believe God seeks to have the same relationship with you and me as he did Abraham. I think he seeks to have the same uh, love relationship that he has. And, and, and he comes to Abraham and he says to him, leave everything. That's radical, isn't it? If someone came to you and said, leave everything that you have and follow me, what would you say? But that's what God said. And, and we see this not only in, in the relationship with Abraham, but we see this in, in, the, in the personhood of Jesus. Jesus is a radical guy. Jesus is a, is a radical person that we talked about uh, for the last few weeks. He, he comes in and he teaches things that are, like we said, radical, new and different. In the world we live in, if you talk about a relationship with God, most people would say it's going to church. A relationship with God is going to church if you feel like it. Taking part in the things of God if I don't have anything else better to do. In the world we live in, Christianity is God is just part of my life, but I don't plan my whole life around him. And he can be pushed aside if I have something better to do. God is part of what we do, but we don't plan our budget or our life or our weekly schedule around him. And that is what is considered to be normal in the Christian relationship in the world we live in. But if you look at that definition and the word random, it seems like they have the same definition. It says, random says lacking a definite plan, a definite purpose, a definite pattern just kind of goes by chance and at whim and that's what 
the normal Christian relationship is defined as today in the world that we live in. It's just kind of whatever. It's random rather than radical. And lots of people have a random relationship with God here and there, hot and cold, because they will not commit to radical So they never have a real purpose in their life. They never really accomplish anything for eternity. Oh, they may have a few things here and there. They may have homes and land and businesses or money or whatever those things are or or be famous for one thing or another. But God does not call us to random. God calls us to radical And how many times do you hear of men or women tell of growing up in the church where their relationship was random? I sat in a class this morning, and I always have the the people who are part of the the preacher, the the pastor's class, tell where they were, who they are, and where they've come from, and kind of how they ended up here. And as I listened this morning... I got the same answers as I've heard for the last 17 years as I've given this class. We kind of did this, and, and when I was a kid, we did this, and we did that. And Sometimes we went to church, and that wasn't everybody in there, but sometimes we didn't. And then we had a space where we didn't go at all for a while, and, and then we had a space where we did. And It's random. And in the culture we live in, that has been acceptable and has been said that's what is, is, is fine and okay and, and, and that is considered normal. But we don't operate on what the culture says, folks. We operate by what the Word says. And the Word says, I seek to have a radical everyday relationship with you to where I am everything and you and everything comes around me and is planned around me and it's not hit and miss and it's not now and then. It is, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to follow you to the grave and everything I do will be based on you. That's what God calls us to. And the world does not define what the relationship with God is. The word defines it and God himself defines it. And he says, I seek to have this relationship to where you drop everything and you follow me. And as we talked about this this morning, most of Christianity in America would be labeled as random. But God called Abraham to radical. And when Abraham said yes, It set his life on a specific path, and it gave him purpose. When we follow God, we have purpose. God had plans for Abraham. Those plans meant that his life had purpose. When our lives don't have purpose, we start to lose hope. If you watch the news very much today, and you let yourself get sucked into that, which I have in the past, it's going to be pretty easy to lose hope, isn't it? There's not a whole lot of good things going on in the world today. But I'm going to tell you something. My purpose is not tied to everything that's going on around. My purpose is tied to what God says I am, who God says I am. So does that mean that I just don't take part in politics and things like that? No. I believe that we pray and let the Lord lead and guide us and we, and we try to, to uh, move that as, as far as we can in, in a right, godly direction. But I'm going to tell you what, whether the Democrats or the Republicans win or not, God's still God. 
And I don't think God's up in heaven wringing his hands saying, oh my goodness, now what am I going to do? I think God's up in heaven going, oh my goodness. (laughs) But I don't think he's run out of, what am I going to do? I don't think he's up in heaven saying, oh my goodness, did you, Jesus, did you see what ISIS did today? Holy Spirit, what are we going to do about this? He doesn't do that. He knows what is going on. He knows what man has let himself get into. He understands those things, but that does not change that he has a purpose for my life and he has a purpose for your life. The world can be going to hell around us, and it is. But that does not change the fact that God has purpose for you. I'm going to tell you, the world was probably going to hell when Abraham was around. I'm sure there was people killing each other in that time as well. I'm sure there were evil people doing evil things all over the place. And out of the mess of that, God called Abraham and said, the rest of the world can be doing whatever it wants to, but I still have purpose for your life. And he still has purpose for our life. And when he calls us into this relationship, it gives us purpose. And, it, and he calls us to this. And, 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 we, and he calls us to enter into this relationship. And he called Abraham in there to grow a nation. And he calls us to make disciples. Now, if, if, I, was, if I was God, and you think about this, would you call an old man to grow a nation? Would you call an old man that didn't have any kids? Yeah, this is who we want to make a nation out of. I'll tell you what, if, if you're in your elder years, you should take great pride in the story of Abram. You should say, you know, there is, God still has a plan for me. No matter how old I am, as long as I'm sucking breath, God has a plan for me. But, but we think of things and look at things and think, you know, he should have found Abraham Duggar. That's the guy you want to, you know, grow a nation out of. That guy, he's got, he could, man, he could get at it. But that's not what he does. He finds Abraham, I ain't got no kids. And my wife is old and she's barren. Because God wants to do something radical. God doesn't do things the regular way. God, radical means new and different, and I haven't seen this before. And God says, I go by the heart. I don't go by the age. I don't go by what's happened before. I look at the heart, and I say, this is the guy that I can work with. And he uses this older guy. Older people, you should be encouraged this morning. God is a radical God looking, and he has purpose for your life as long as you're alive. A radical life has urgency about it. When I have purpose, then I have urgency. If I've got something that I need to get done for God, then I have urgency in my life. And the word, world says that, and the word says that, that God has set priorities in our life and that we have purpose in our life and therefore we have urgency in our life. And when you have this radical relationship with God, he seeks for us to make disciples. And there's urgency about that. There's an urgency about the lost. I wish you could come up here every Sunday. You can come up here. I mean, it's open to everybody. But you ought to stand behind Linda Weatherly. She is urgent about people getting saved. 
There is an urgency in her life that when you talk to her all the time, it's an urgency because God has placed that purpose in her life, and there's an urgency there. I used to make fun of my dad. I've told you this story a thousand times, but it's a good story. There used to be the Dunkin' Donut man, and he used to say, God, you know, it showed him, in, and it's, most of you don't remember this, but he had showed him on the edge of his bed, and he goes, got to go make the donuts. He just sat there, got to go make the donuts, got to go make the donuts every day. And it showed him, and he was at the edge, and he'd get up really early because he's got to get there before everybody. And my mom said one morning, Dad was getting up to milk the cows, and she said she could hear something at the edge of bed and said Dad was sitting at the edge of the bed, and he just couldn't get on out. And he was sitting at the edge of the bed getting ready to go milk the cows, and he was going, got to go make the donuts. Got to go make the donuts. Got to go make the donuts. Do you have any urgency in your life? Got to go make disciples. Got to go make disciples. When you look at your children, do you think, got to make disciples? I've got to make disciples. I've got to make disciples. I've got to make disciples. When our kids were in our home, that was the urgency in our heart. We've got to make disciples. We've got to make disciples. If you're a Sunday school teacher, that should be some urgency in your life. I've got to make disciples. I've got to make disciples. I've got to make disciples. There should be urgency in everything that we do. And if you look at Abraham's life, this radical life, there was urgency to always be doing what God would have him to do. And Abraham's radical relationship still affects us all. Abraham didn't know at the time the effect that he would have, but God did. And we never know what the effect will be years and years and years down the road. Abraham plus God equals a nation that is talked about every single day. Abraham, the sheep farmer in the middle of nowhere. And I still think that God wants to use farmers and workers and carpenters and salespeople and retired people and teachers and truck drivers and repair people to make disciples. And I think he wants to radically do that in your life. But we settle for random. I want you to, if you've got your Bibles open, to read the last two verses with me of chapter 11. Verses 31 and 32, chapter 11 in Genesis. This is talking about Abram's dad, Terah. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, and the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans 
to go to Canaan. They set out for Canaan. That's where Abraham was going. That's, that's, that was Israel's land. That's the land that God was going to get them to. And Abram's father set out for there. That's where they were going. I want you to listen to this. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. And you never hear another thing about him. This whole chapter here gives names and how long they lived. Names and how long they lived. And for Terah, it starts off and and he started off and he was going to accomplish something. But then he settled. I don't know if you watch the television very much. I love these new cable commercials, the settlers. We're settlers. That's what we do. We settle. And they just settled for half good. We have this lollipop that we get to lick once every six months or whatever it was. And we just settle. That's who we are. And it sounds like Tara started off and he was headed in the right direction how many times have you seen this people come to and jesus talks about it people come to the lord and they're headed in the right direction everything's going good and then they kind of just settle in to what we call normal christianity it doesn't have a whole lot of direction it's just comfortable it's what it says here basically is is they they got into this place and they but when they came to heron they settled there. They found them a little spot in the church that was their spot, and it felt good, and it was comfortable. And it didn't require much, and we just came and took part, and we sang, and we left, and it was just really comfortable, and we just stayed there. Tara settled for random. If you're a man this morning, if you're a man this morning, God has called you to radical relationship, not to settle. He's called you to make disciples out of your family and from the people around you. If you're a woman this morning, God has called you to make disciples and he has called you to a radical relationship to raise up children who will not settle for random but who want radical. To take your friends and your family on a radical journey of relationship with the Lord. But if you were honest this morning, and I want you to be honest this morning. Have you got to the place oh God, that you have settled for random? God seeks radical. I'm not talking about an immoral life. 
I'm just talking about coming to a place where your relationship is built on comfort instead of the radical things that God calls us to do. Lance, I want you to come. You settled for random instead of radical. And I wonder this morning if the Holy Spirit is calling you from the place of comfort to the place of radical. We need radical followers of God in the church. We need radical Sunday school teachers who do more than fill up 45 minutes before church starts. We need radical Sunday school teachers who are coming before the Lord and praying for their students. We need radical praise team members who do not just sing, and we prayed about this this morning, who do not just sing, but who lead us into worship. We need radical praisers in the, sa- in the, in the floor who if people watched you, they could see that you were a radical follower of God and so they would be inspired by you. We need radical up here. We need radical down there. We need people who are praying day and night, radically praying day and night for a movement of God, not just on Sunday, but all week long. We need radical moms and dads and students who serve God instead of the things of the world. God only calls to radical. He doesn't call us to random. That is of the world. And I want to ask you this morning, are you in a radical relationship with the Lord? I want you to stand this morning. All throughout Scripture, Man has a tendency to go and have times of great closeness to the Lord and then times of drifting. The Word talks about it all the time. God always does things to help us to remember so we come back to Him, so we come back, so you come back. This morning I'm asking you, have you settled somewhere and is God calling you back to radical This morning. The altars are open. If you need to come and pray this morning, come come as we sing. <laughs>